Hey everybody, welcome to the Simplicity and Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Josh McAllister. My hope for this podcast is to dive deeper, to learn more about what makes people successful. Um, I'm going to interview people from different walks of life, different backgrounds, working in sports, working in the arts, musicians, the entertainment side of things. Uh, I hope that through these interviews, we can find a little bit more information about why they're successful, what they do to achieve success. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to the show. Uh, Today, we have someone who is working for the U.S. Soccer Federation in a sports science role. Um, His name is Andy Gard. Andy has, he's been everywhere. He obviously, he studied his undergrad at Durham University. He went to the University of Hull for his graduate school, and then progressed on to the University of Glasgow as he was working on his doctorate. Andy has worked for Celtic, for the Qatar national teams, for Aspire Academy, for U.S. soccer. Um, he's Again, he's been everywhere and he's had experiences all over the globe. So I'm really excited to welcome Andy Gard to the show today. Andy, how are you, man? Josh, doing, doing well, thanks. Uh, appreciate the, the invitation and uh, good to talk again. Awesome. So Andy, in your current role, you're working for the U.S. soccer youth national teams in the, as a sports scientist. Can you kind of give just a little idea of what that encompasses? Yeah, for, for sure. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty all-encompassing, to, to be honest. Um, we, I oversee the, the U18s up through to the U23s. Um, and then my colleague, Patrick Mannix, also uh, assists me with those teams, but also he oversees the, the U15s up towards the U17s as well. So but between the two of us, we're, we're kept pretty busy. Um, and, and in terms of these, these teams and, and these events and camps that we have, uh, it, is, it is us that kind of lead the, all the, the performance support, sport, uh, sports science support. So um, all the, the on-field training and conditioning uh, in conjunction with the coaching staff, um, the strength and conditioning work uh, in the gym and on the field, as I say, uh, the nutrition provision, uh, provision the, the recovery modalities we use, um, and obviously quite, quite a lot of monitoring and, and kind of data analysis that, that goes along with, with kind of modern day sport and modern day soccer. So uh, pretty all encompassing, to be honest, and keeps us, keeps us busy. Well, I like that you actually described everything that you do, because when I think when people hear sports scientists, some of them, some people think, well, is that just the guy behind the computer collecting data? Uh, it's, it's more than that. And I think at different places, it has a, a different definition. So yeah, it, it does. I think it probably depends a little bit on maybe the country and part of the world you're you're from um, and, and and the culture you're in, and and of course the different sport as well, whether it's a, a team sport, soccer such as myself, or working with individual athletes, track athletes, cyclists. Uh, they, they all have these kind of um, different specialist practitioners working to to support them and and help their performance. And there are some different titles and stuff flying around, but um, I think I think in soccer anyway, it's it's pretty consistent. So sport, the sports sciences role, you know, it really hasn't been around that long, relatively speaking. Um, in your experience over the last, you know, let's just say 10 years, what do you think the, the most progress that's been made in sports science? I think um, I'd probably relate it to kind of the, the, the environment in you're in and you're, the staff that you work with. So kind of being integrated as part of the, the multidisciplinary team and it's it shouldn't just be a standalone kind of staff or, or department. I think, I think sports science is really integrated in, in the medical side with the athletic trainers, the, the physical therapists, physicians, and 
and massively so uh, with with the technical staff as well and communicating with with the head coach and and the assistant coaches in terms of uh, the training process uh, supporting the team as as well as the individual in in the best way but I think having them in, integrated and ingrained with with those other staff in a club is one of the biggest changes that that has and, and is still going on um, I think it's always evolving and people think like you say you, you're behind a laptop looking at loads of data and and keeping it all to yourself but I think I think the 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 impact of what sports scientists and performance coaches can can have on the team is being more and more recognized but it's again it's not a standalone kind of entity and and, and staff member they are fully fully integrated with with all the different departments in in kind of high performance sport mm-hmm. So when you first got, got into this profession or started to think, you know, this is what I want to do, what's the reason behind it? Why did you decide, you know, this is what I want? You know, a lot of people say, oh, as a player, I couldn't play anymore. I want to figure out how I could get back involved. What is, what is it for you? Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't uh, throw, the, throw the player excuse in there. I did play a bit, but very, very recreationally. Uh, and although I miss it, I was never, never in with a shout of, of playing pro, but so I won't, I won't say that. But um, I think when I was, when I was coming through university, I, 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 as a lot of people, I probably didn't quite know what I wanted to do. I definitely know I wanted to, to be in the sports realm in, in some aspects, but I didn't quite know what. Um, and I was lucky enough to be kind of guided by various kind of supervisors and, and tutors through university to introduce me to certain people and, and gradually kind of narrowed down to, specialising in, in exercise physiology and uh, getting experiences that, that really kind of got, got the bug for me uh, in terms of wanting to be involved in, in sports science per se and then uh, specifically soccer because that was my passion. Um, but I think right right now, having been involved with it for, for a little while, I, I've massively count myself kind of hugely fortunate to, to be part of the field and, and have the, the role or the roles that I've had. Uh, kind of very, very grateful for, for those opportunities. But I think ultimately now it's it's being part of that multidisciplinary team that I, I mentioned earlier, um, just being a, a very small part of a wider team and, and trying to use my my uh, areas of, of training of expertise to, to, to join with with these other staff members and and basically just help um, help optimize kind of the, the the team and obviously individual performance and and that kind of really drives me really really motivates me to to use what I've learned my experience to. To, to channel that into someone's performance on the pitch and I'm hopefully providing a kind of a, a conducive environment to that and, and making sure they, they can flourish as, as best they can and, and show their potential um, uh, and support the, the coach in the way he wants to play. Um, but yeah, just, just doing my small part as, as part of a wider team is, is really, really fulfilling. And you kind of alluded to it. So would you say from kind of when you started getting into it until now, your kind of the purpose behind it, the why behind it has changed for you? Uh, yeah, I'd say a little bit. Just I think that comes with experience as well. Um, when when we all kind of enter the world of sport and and sports science, we're we're very naive. Whether it's coming out of university or uh, like into an internship and and things like that, we we don't know a huge amount about the 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 applied environment, which I think is is such a huge thing. And to get that experience for for young people, younger graduates and stuff, getting into the field or wanting to, that I think that's that's massive. Um, so as, as over time, I've kind of learned about the environment and the different nuances of uh, how things operate and the different dynamics in, in the environment and working with, with professional players and, and a, again, a, a wider uh, 
group of staff to, to kind of lean on and interact with, I think um, that, that's definitely, definitely evolved in my appreciation for that and kind of the extent of what's needed uh, in terms of understanding the environment as well as the skill sets you need to have. Um, and those, those key relationships, that's, that's always evolving and you should never kind of uh, uh, underestimate those, the necessity to have those, those good relationships because it, it ultimately affects the player's performance and how well you can do your job to support them. Mm-hmm. And in your, in your career so far, uh, I'm sure it's been perfect. You've never had any challenges, nothing ever gone <laughs> wrong. Uh, you, everything you say to the head coach is used and they, they, they apply it straight to training. Uh, I, I only kid because of the realities of it, but has there ever been any um, obstacle, major obstacle in your career that you thought was, that was kind of a turning point for you that, you know, you had to react and you had to have overcome anything that stands out to you? Yes, it's a good question, I think. And it's, it's good to, to kind of um, relate back to these kind of instances where, where things maybe haven't gone quite according to plan. And they're, they're just good examples to learn by. Um, and I think to, to take forward in, in your future career. And I think probably um, the, the first time I'd experienced kind of a, a change in staff where I was working um, was, was probably a bit of a shock to me. I was, I was kind of still pretty young, um, as, as I alluded to earlier. And um, it wasn't easy at first. It's it's pretty common in soccer that that staff do change. Um, there's, there's a bit of a kind of a merry-go-round or, or changes in in different positions. And the first time I experienced it, yeah, it was kind of a bit of a shock to the system. I was used to the way things were and uh, just kind of going going about my business day to day, working hard. But um, I think uh, I just had to, I had to learn to be adaptable. And and I knew, as I say, I, I knew it was common in soccer. It wasn't just a one-off in, in this time and place, but it happens everywhere in, in different sports as well. So yeah, a, a huge learning opportunity for me to kind of just say, look, it's up to me to be adaptable. This is, this is what's happening, be having a po- positive mindset um, and, and embrace the kind of the challenge. It was, it was actually really cool in the end, um, even though it was a, a shock at first. And um, it was my kind of mindset to then say, look, I want to, I do want to learn more. I need to be, um, flexible with the, the different practitioners or, or, or staff members I'm working with. So gaining those new perspectives and, and, and seeing as a chance to, to kind of uh, add more tools to my repertoire and, and really develop as a, as a sports scientist and, and as a person. So in the end, it's something that was, that was a little bit kind of um, uh, worrying or, or maybe I was a little bit anxious about. Turns out to be a kind of a, a huge learning experience to, to take forward in, in your career and, um, and, and keep challenging, challenging yourself. For young, for young coaches, sports scientists, anybody working within, I guess, uh, sports at any level, you know, when a coaching change does happen, what would be some just very simple advice you'd give them in regards to, you know, the way they're working, you know, trying to connect with the coach, talk about the way they want to work. What, what's some just simple advice you, you think would uh, benefit them? I think I think primarily just ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions, no matter how small or or stupid you think you think it is. I think I don't think we should ever be too proud to to not want to ask questions if if we're not quite sure about something. But but just to learn. I think um, if you're proactive when a, when a new coach or a new staff member comes in, uh, a new head of department, for for example, and then show you show you're being proactive. Really, um, you, you're eager to learn what, what kind of maybe about their background, how they operate, what they're kind of. Uh, style of management or, or operating is as a, as a sports scientist. I think this is a real opportunity to, again, 
add more strings to your bow and, and learn, but again, show it, show you're proactive and, and think about how then you can adapt um, into what they're, they're looking for. Um, if it's a new coach, their style of play, how you're then going to prepare the players, for example, in a slightly different way. Um, how, how can you change your on-field conditioning uh, if you want certain, certain other nuances um, emphasized or, or not so, as, as the case may be? So I think, I think just being, being eager, positive, and, and asking questions um, to, to show that you're, you're open to kind of new experiences and, and open to, 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 um, to gelling with, with this new way or, or philosophy that may be, may be incoming. I think that's so important you say that because we can't fool ourselves. We, anybody working in the performance sports science world, you will adapt to the head coach, um, how the head coach wants to work. Obviously, you can have conversations and try to, you know, meet in the middle or compromise in certain areas. But if you truly want them to buy into what you're doing as a professional, you have to adjust. Otherwise, the relationship is it's just going to break down. Yeah, 100 percent. And we, we know relationships are so, so important. And I'm sure we'll, we'll continue to talk about this throughout our, our chat. But if, if relationships are flawed from the start, then it immediately puts you on the back foot. And again, you, you're going to need that in the future in terms of um, future discussions, uh, kind of uh, balancing of, of these discussions and, and mediation uh, in, in future when you're trying to, to advise or advocate for something. You, you need to be able to put your point across and have, have that respect. It's kind of a mutual respect, um, maybe a compromise at times, but I think with our, with our jobs, it's being able to, to have that dialogue, present the information uh, honestly uh, with, with some rationale, not just a subjective opinion. I think there should always be be some evidence um, when you're talking to a, a head coach, for example. Um, but I think sometimes as well, that ultimately the decision is the head coach. So you're doing your job and providing the evidence for them to make a, an informed decision, basically. So relationships are, are always going to be key um, in, in terms of getting the best outcome for your team and, and athletes. Mm -hmm. So when you show up for a day's work, you know, you go through tasks that you might not like so much or tasks that you enjoy doing, you know, in your day's work, just a, you know, there's warm-ups, there's gym sessions, there's post-training recovery work, there's, there's the nutrition side, there's the, the sports science data entry, whatever. There's so many things you do on a, on a daily basis. What's one part of your day that you just absolutely love? I, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. So I'll be honest, Josh, I love it all, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I, I, re I really do. Um, when it, yeah, warm-ups, gym work, um, kind of physical performance testing, uh, the data analysis side, visualizations and and kind of rehab return to play type stuff I, I, it's just so it's so varied and again it changes day to day especially whether you're, you're in a club or, or a national team setting it's all vastly different but um I think I think I just love being on the field mm -hmm. I kind of kind of get, getting the boots on being on, on the field with with, with the staff and, and the players we all have our certain roles to take care of to to look after the team and the players um and I, and I would say that, that, that COVID's really kind of made me, made me realize that. It really made me miss it. Um, I'm sure it was the same with, with you at times when, when you're having kind of lockdowns. But um, I, I just, I love the whole training process. I think from, from the planning and the, the preparation with the coaching staff, um, kind of discussing our aims and objectives, what, what we're looking to get out of certain sessions or, or certain drills, um, kind of individual considerations for, for that day. Um, what we need to be kind of aware of, like what we want to kind of hit certain targets we we're looking for from a physical point of view and, and importantly, how that, that marries with the, the kind of the technical tactical aims of, of the coaching staff as well. 
Um, so I, I just love that process and then, then seeing it kind of realized on the field, um, realizing that training process kind of coming to fruition in, in front of you and making sure things, things are going well um, for, for that day, that particular day in, in the cycle and in relation to the next game, what's, what's the goal of the next game and, and how can we prepare that team effectively? So I think just kind of taking pride as being, again, a small part in that whole kind of training planis, planning process and, and seeing it um, kind of actually on the field. Well, I'll give you credit because I don't enjoy doing individual protein shakers. And if that's something you love doing, <laughs> more credit to you, man. Well, yeah, I mean, some, uh, yeah, you, you are right. There's, there's some slightly more menial <laughs> jobs, but I, I do always kind of remind myself it's, it's, it's for the benefit of the player and it's helping the player. So no matter how small it is, I think, I think we, um, we're, we're never too, too, too big to, to fill a protein shake or, or do hydration tests or, or things like that. But if it's going to help the player, then it's worth doing. So that's, that's kind of my, my thoughts on that. Well, a lot of people could learn a lot from your attitude, man. That's one of the reasons why I wanted you on here, because I don't think you've ever said anything to me that wasn't positive. So uh, credit to you for your mindset. <laughs> um, so we're going to pivot a little bit to the reason behind why I wanted to do this podcast, you know, looking at high performance, looking at success, both as an individual, but then also, you know, as a team or in your case, as a federation. So I want to start with you're a team guy. I know that. And you're always going to think about the team first. But within a team, players, coaches, staff members, we all have our individual roles to do. So it is important to know your job and what you do to help the team to be successful. So from your individual role as a sports scientist for any of the youth national teams, what does success look like for you? Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a great question. And I think, um, I think initially, like, it's, it's good to, to just highlight that there is there is some differences in, in terms of being working with a national team and, and working with a, a club uh, and with the players day in day out um with the national team we obviously don't don't see the players as, as regularly we're, we're seeing them potentially once a month if it's a if it's a world world cup age group or or maybe a little bit less and um, with some of the other age age groups too so so kind of the the the, the contact is is, diff is different the contact time with the players is, is, is different um but i think i think there's still some similarities for sure um Obviously, we want to, uh, in my role as a, as a performance coach, sports scientist with, with the, the youth national teams, we want to make sure that we see players with improvements in, in their physical abilities and they can kind of um, withstand and tolerate the, the demands needed in soccer uh, for their position. And so are they, uh, do they have the fitness levels required, the strength levels? Are they robust, resilient and, and kind of um, ready to tolerate the, the, the type of training we're going to put in front of them um, and, and obviously deal with the competitive demands of, of the season, um, depending on, again, if it's a, a club or national team competition as well. Um, so, so for us, that may be in a, in a national team, not quite um, kind of uh, emphasised as much as working with a club day to day. Although in terms of like COVID, for example, we, we obviously do support a lot of players remotely. And if, if they don't have as many resources or, um, or support uh, where they are when they're in, in kind of lockdown situation or quarantine situations. Um, so in that respect, we do, we do have a bit more impact on uh, kind of remote programming in terms of maintaining um, fitness uh, uh, as well as strength levels to, to kind of uh, reduce any kind of negative effects of, of full-time training cessation. Um, but on the other hand as well, if we have a, a longer camp, whether it's a, a World Cup qualifying or, or World Cup itself, it could be four or five plus weeks um, on, on the road together. And, and in that respect, we, we do have kind of a, 
uh, a responsibility to make sure we are continually improving these kind of physical facets of, of soccer. Um, but I think um, on, the, on the flip side, again, uh, working with a national team, if, if it's a, a shorter camp, um, seven, 10, 12 day camp, then, then our focus may be a little bit different. Um, I think, I think we're, we're, we're looking to have fit players come in who are, who are 100% uh, in a kind of a good training status and, and hopefully exposed to match play recently as well. But we, we may be looking for a, a, a different, different aspect or, or focus. So it may be more of a, a recovery or, or freshness um, focus that we're looking for. Um, again, as I say, we're hoping players are coming in fit. So we're looking to emphasize certain recovery modalities and make sure that there is player availability um, for, for the coach. Um, and again, this comes back to the, to the relationship of working with the coach. Um, I think success in my role is having that, that existing relationship um, and being able to, to talk through um, things with the coach, to, to share information, to plan an appropriate training kind of regimen for, for the day or, or the camp ahead. And then ultimately, um, if this is kind of a, a successful process and collaborative process, then we're also hopefully reducing both the risk of, uh, of injury and illness. Um, so I think, again, hoping we're, we're getting players coming in fit, but making sure that they're recovered and fresh between sessions to making sure um, they're ready to go for the next day and the next day and then for our games at the end of the week um, for, for the coach and, and hopefully perform well. Um, and then I think a couple of other bits just on, on top of that is the underlying education that we're always looking to provide as, as a national team and as a federation. Um, things to do with their, their strength work, their, their injury, uh, injury prevention, corrective routines, uh, sleep hygiene, nutrition education, uh, e even kind of sharing their data. We, we asked these guys to do a lot of kind of testing and monitoring for us during the week. And I think it's only fair that we, we are open and transparent with this. This is what we're collecting and why. So there's a continual educational piece for us uh, as the sports scientists with our, with our players and, and staff too, um, to show this is why we're doing it or why we, we want you to do this and how it's going to impact your performance. This is why it's going to benefit you. We're, we're not kind of doing anything to, um, to, to waste your time or anything like that. We're doing this for a reason and we believe it has impacts on you uh, and benefiting your performance. So I think having this um, educational slant and, and making sure it's in our players' mindsets continuously is a really, really important part of our job, especially as we don't see them kind of 365 days a year. So we maybe have a couple of hours training a day and, and a gym session, but what, what are they doing for, for the rest of that time, the rest of that day, for the kind of 20 plus hours that they're maybe not with us uh, in contact time? So, so being the 24-hour athlete, what are you doing to make sure that you're ready for the next session, to make sure you're ready to go for the coach? Um, so, yeah, I think, I think those, are, those are really, really kind of um, important parts that, that we bring to, to the players, um, which is a little bit different from the, the kind of the continual fitness and um, athletic development, uh, maybe with, within clubs day-to-day -day when they're in their home environments. Um, but on the... Uh, one, one last thing I, I think I would say as well, Josh, is, is, is kind of the integration um, uh, within our national team environments um, is, is just as important as the day-to-day, the -day, what we're doing on, on camp. So it's, it's really important that we're building these relationships with, with clubs and staff as we, we have with yourself in the past to, to make sure there's, there's a real kind of um, reciprocal of exchange of, of pertinent information on, on each individual. So um, can we kind of gather as much information as we can to bring in the players safely into our camp, depending on their current training status, 
how many matches they've played recently and um, and in what stage of season they're at, for for example. And, and this is really, really important and shouldn't be underestimated, I think, um, in terms of being able to integrate them safely into a squad of 20 plus players, have them uh, have a successful training camp and, and matches, and then also return them to their clubs safely. So I think this, this shouldn't be forgotten. Um, we're, we're looking after kind of the club's assets uh, and we need to, to kind of look after them in a in a really kind of safe, logical and, and appropriate way, um, whilst also maximising uh, the time they have with our coach. Um, and this is something that, that Patrick and myself in the, in the YNTs have really, really strived to improve um, by building those relationships with the clubs and, and their, their sports science staff and medical staff as well. Um, and there's also continuity be- between our age groups. So making sure that the players are exposed to similar things as they go through the, the younger age groups and the youth national teams all the way up to, to the 20s, the 23s and and hopefully the seniors. So I think I think um, that's probably the, the last the last piece I would say in terms of being successful in our in, in the role um, in, in supporting these players through their kind of athletic development um, process in their careers. Well, I'm going to kind of combine the next two questions because I think they overlap a little bit. But, you know, as a federation, you know, working with the youth level player, it is challenging. You know, you're trying to develop players, um, getting them to play in a certain type of system, be able to, from a physical side, perform in a certain type of system. But there's also pressure to be successful, to win tournaments. Is that a difficult balance for you? Or is it something that, you know, we feel like, you know, we're in a good place with that? Not, not, not necessarily. I, w- I wouldn't say it's, it's, it's too difficult because I think you always need to remind yourself that you're part of the, the, the long game, the, the long developmental process of, of a youth athlete um, to hopefully eventually succeed at, at the highest level. Um, and I don't think you ever want to lose sight of that. Um, we want to try and get them into the senior men's national team and, and also perform well for their clubs as well, obviously, where, where the staff and, and coaches there are doing a, an amazing job anyway um, when they're, when they're seeing, seeing them on a daily basis. Um, so I think, I think you're, you're, we're, we're looking to, to kind of, obviously it's good to be successful in these tournaments and uh, hopefully that it's prestige for the players and, and maybe it maybe, maybe leads to, to opportunities for them. Scouts are watching and it leads to other opportunities. That's great. But I think um, we're looking to develop kind of well, help develop well-rounded athletes and, and people uh, who are obviously kind of technically proficient. They're, they're fit, robust and, and are able to look after their bodies so again, it's going back to that educational piece, um, which keeps on keeps on going with us. Really, um, they can cope with the demands and, and any environment they find themselves in. But they've learned these these strategies and these practices with us um, to ultimately success in in the long run. And like I said, hopefully, kind of catch the eye of of the senior team staff and and their kind of um, uh, uh, talent ID uh, network as, as well. So I think. I think it's, it's nice to nice to have, but we don't want to lose sight of the kind of the long term goal as well, um, and kind of continuing on those 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 aims really. Well, last section before I let you go, and this is my favorite section too because we get to know a little bit more about you and kind of what 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 drives you and the people that you've come across along your journey. When you sit down at the end of the day or at the end of the season, and you kind of do a little bit of self reflection. And you go, you know, this is areas I thought I was fantastic here. I feel really good about this. I think we grew a ton in this area. Where do you, where do you, what do you think of when you sit down and go, I got to get better in this area. I need to grow here. What comes to mind? 
I'll give, I'll give the I'll give the, the the cliche answer. I think we can always be better at everything. But um, <laughs> I think I think one one thing I, I I've been, been trying to get better and, and do strive to get better at is, is some of the nutrition piece. Okay. Um, we in terms of kind of keeping up with some of the, the latest research in terms of health and well-being as as well as sports performance. I think that's that's a, a really key key thing. Um, we we both kind of worked with with great nutritionists dietitians in in the league as well as in sport across the US uh, in, re- in recent times, but um, it's such a key pillar to, to kind of get right for, for both preparation for performances and competition as, as well as recovery, obviously. So I think I can, I can definitely get an even better grasp of, of, of this uh, to support any, any player I'm working with regularly um, and catering kind of, kind of to that individual, those individual nuances. I think individualization in, in a lot of things we do is is so important and again we, we strive to do it so catering for those specific requirements so nutrition to support a specific position and their their typical outputs expected of them on a on a game day um individual kind of preferences um and and kind of requirements whether it's a dietary issue or or similar things that we see come up with our, some of our players uh, as well as just kind of the, the environment i mean it's whether in it's a national team camp or an mls game where we're faced with different environments, whether it's kind of severe heat and humidity, uh, playing at altitude, uh, traveling to, to kind of long haul foreign destinations where uh, food preparation is perhaps a little bit different um, when we're talking about periodizing and constructing menus for a, for a training camp. I think all these things are, are just so, so, so important and again, have so many different little nuances to them um, and they can still have a huge impact on the individual performance. So. This is definitely something I'd like to kind of um, further even more. Well, it is a cliche to say, but it is so true, you know, when we have to improve in every area. I think anybody that is in the right headspace knows that no matter where they're at, they can keep growing and keep pushing forward. So I I do love that you said that. On the nutrition piece, you know, it was eye-opening for me. You know, I thought I had a good idea, you know, what players should eat, how they should take care of themselves. And then I worked at a club with a full-time nutritionist who was very good. And after working with this person, my eyes were completely open. It was, it was just like, wow, I, I thought I had an idea, but there's a lot more I need to learn. So uh, it's, a, it's a subject that I, I don't think people in our role um, take enough time. We, we all want to go look at different exercises or different ways to make players stronger or look at periodization schemes on the training field. I think a lot of us in our roles could do ourselves a, a big service by studying nutrition and gaining a better idea of the of, of the area because it is key, like you said. Yeah, you're you're exactly right, and and we we talk about it a lot as sleep and nutrition, this being those huge pillars of recovery, and something I've I've always I've always kind of said and uh, and and very kind of keen on is just again do, doing the basics right, um, in, in in education. That with the players or, or just what we're, we're doing in, in the applied in an applied way but trying to do the basics right and consistently is so so important before we we kind of try to involve that any further so i think that that comes onto that that bracket and that category in, in doing the basics right yeah and andy there's going to be a day that you you leave us soccer uh, it could be because you're going on to a new role or you're changing things or you're retiring or you know it could be in your 10 years from now 30 years from now whatever if i if I go to somebody working at your organization and say, oh, you worked with Andy Garth, what is something you hope they'll actually say about you? <laughs> um, 
I, I, I think, yeah, initially, I'd probably, I'd hope they, they kind of allude to the fact that I was, I was always pretty professional, um, diligent, and, and hardworking. Really, I think again, that's that's the, the first thing, one of the first things you should ask for, and focused on focused on the job, um, just always wanting to kind of help the team and help the player, no matter what. Um, how can we get better? How can we improve you? How can we help? Um, I think I think that as as a kind of a professional piece, but also just kind of. Uh, hopefully, someone who's 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 honest and and humble, um, as I think there's a, a pretty pretty kind of key key traits to have, uh, something I I kind of look for, and um, I guess just just a good lad to have around, really a good person to have as part of the group. <laughs> no, that's great. It, it's funny because when you're about to say um, uh, honest and humble, I could almost hear a hesitation in your voice, which for me shows that you are humble because it was difficult for you to actually say that about yourself. Yeah, I mean, I don't like talking about myself anyway, to be honest, Josh. But um, I, I think, yeah, I, I definitely kind of gravitate towards people who have those 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 key character traits, and uh, yeah, I have a lot of respect for those kind of people. No, that's wonderful, man. Okay, so in your life, you know, pers- you know, your personal life, friends, family, or your professional life, has there ever been any advice given to you that's that's kind of stuck with you that maybe you lean on in difficult situations? Yeah, um, I mean, there's, there's, there's been a lot. I'd, I'd say one of the one of the first things that, that I was told, and I was I was an intern at the time, so I was pretty green and and, and pretty fresh faced still, uh, still am. Um, but uh, I, I was an intern, and I, uh, my my kind of my boss said to me at the time, um, just he just said to me, just he said, just make yourself indispensable, and it's always kind of stuck with me because as as you know, in professional sport, I think anything can happen. Uh, it could be tomorrow, it could be next week. Like things can change at the, at the drop of a hat. So that that just kind of really taught me to, to kind of just just get my head down, just work really hard. Um, no matter what happens, just work hard, and you can say you've done your best. Um, and hopefully, like opportunities will come. Uh, opportunities and avenues will, will open up through people you meet. Um, by again, just just working hard, making yourself indispensable uh, to the organization, and and hopefully good things come. And then uh, again, I think again, just, just being a good person and a good, a good character um, is, is should, should be in addition to, to that as well. So, so two kind of big, big kind of things to kind of uh, to, to pride yourself on, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Last question before I let you go, you know, you've, you've been wonderful so far. I appreciate your honesty and your, your candid answers. So with this last piece, it is my favorite question, you know, in, in your life, you know, professionally again personally I don't, I don't really care and I think people love to hear either side is there ever you know are there people you want to give credit to one person two or three just somebody that has done things the right way that you're thinking they're so professional they're so honest but they're a good person they, they they've kind of shown me how to do things properly is there someone right now you'd like to raise up yeah I, th- I think there's, 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 there's a couple really really and having kind of worked some in in Europe as well as in the US I've I've been so lucky to, to kind of meet so many people from all different walks of life in, in sport and, and outside the sport, to, to be honest. But I think within the US and, and in the MLS, I think Ryan Alexander and, and Garrison Draper are two guys who are just kind of really, really, um, uh, really, really important to me. They're, they're very experienced. They, they're kind of hugely knowledgeable and have, have kind of really broad skill sets and are able to kind of lead their departments with, with such high standards uh, and, and are really, really diligent. But again, as I said just before, kind of doing doing the basics right, uh, and I think that's really really admirable, um, and I've kind of reflected both having success in times at, at their respective clubs. Um, 
so I, I, I chat to them quite, quite a bit and always appreciate connecting with them, talking shop and kind of firing questions at them, which is kind of what I normally do just to kind of learn a bit more and, and just, yeah, just gauge their, their opinions and advice really. So I think, I think those, those two guys are, are, re are really, really great. Um, and then in the UK, um, kind of, I guess, earlier on, uh, Kenny McMillan and, and Bill Styles were, were, were two people who were, were so, so good to me when, when I started out in, in soccer and getting to know the environment and kind of both the, the hard and soft skills of it all and fitting into to such a, a unique environment, um, but also being able to have impact as a, as a practitioner. Um, they, they really gave me, gave me a lot of trust and responsibility and I learned so much off of them and they were just unbelievably good at what they do and kind of have a lot of experience between them in, in the Premier League and, and, and further. Um, and again, just, just really hum, humble people. So uh, great people to, to kind of have around and learn off and, and I still do. So yeah, I'm very appreciative of, of these people. Oh, that's excellent. Well, Andy, I appreciate your time. I, I know that, you know, even though you're not in the middle of a camp or a tournament, you still have busy, busy days with US soccer. So I appreciate you cutting out 45 minutes for me. Um, I just want to say, Good luck with everything, you know, uh, be, talking to you. I love what you're doing and I love what you're trying to do with all the youth national teams. So credit to you guys at US Soccer and uh, good luck with everything and we'll talk soon. No, thank you, Josh. Really, really grateful for the opportunity and, and all the best to you. Thanks again. Thanks again for taking the time to listen. I really do hope this podcast was able to help you in any way, even in a small. If you really enjoyed it, please share with anybody, family, friends, throw it on one of your social media streams. Uh, it always helps to spread the word. Thanks again. Mm -hmm.